0: Hey guys, welcome to podcast uh, number 11. Uh, I know we've had a little hiatus, but uh, we're coming at you today with the Dave Volker podcast. As usual, I want to thank Dig BMX uh, for helping me travel and just, you know be able to get these podcasts out to you guys. Big thanks to them, big thanks to Will at Dig. Um, so go check out digbmx.com. Um, and on, on the real, guys, this podcast you're going to listen to... Uh, it, it, it was just awesome to be able to sit down and do uh volkers someone i looked up to you know from the time i be began riding and you know he brought us in that day and fed us let us drink all his beer ride his ramp and you know i I was honestly blown away after talking to him on like just his pure passion for for riding and just what an awesome guy he is so you know big thanks to dave uh what a great day we had, and I'm, I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this podcast, so here we go.
1: Hold on, Ben Honest has got something to say. Let me think about it for a while. Ben Honest. No. He's so <laughs> I
2: don't. I don't. I've, uh, I've run out. Oh, you already, you already recorded? Yeah, I
0: just, I just hit the thing. All right. Atmosphere. Yeah, good for you, Vince. Good for, um, you. <laughs> good for you. So, uh, you, hi. Hey, I, I figure the first thing we could do is maybe talk about this, this knee issue you got. Ah, Not
1: sad, bad. sad deal. Yeah, what's going on with your knee? You, you all right, so the whole deal was I was flipping chicken and my son was out riding the ramps with his friend and uh, I decided to slip on some shoes and go out and hit the ramp and I I just hit the ramp and hit the jump and did a front wheel grab but I missed the grip. So, you know, the left hand went forward and the handle or the bike went that way and my knee went straight into the ground and I shattered the kneecap. So, I'm barbecuing and all of a sudden I'm laying on the hot asphalt with a me that i couldn't move and the ambulance had to come and uh i had three surgeries and they used screws and made a little bike helmet out of wires to get it all back together and stuff like crazy x-rays and uh i lost mobility like i, I get 90 degrees and that's it you know but you're still you still put in 20 some miles on the bike to I get pedal dude i get the wind in my face and i'm happy, you know? like, that's awesome. I mean, the simple things are so lucky, dude. Yeah, I mean, sometimes ride.
0: there's just the easy things or the things that you know stoke you out the most when you go ride. Yeah. yeah. Damn, dude, I shouldn't have just started it on this downer thing. No, that, <laughs> <that's> the, worst,
2: <laughs> the worst out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, we're just <laughs> getting the worst there out of got the got way. Yeah, we're
0: we're, ju- we're just throwing that out you there.
3: Should probably do an intro as to who's here and whatnot.
0: Who is here? No, don't even worry about that, man. <laughs> Dude, refrain. <laughs> um, well, this is Zoe. This
1: is one of the dogs. Yeah.
0: No, uh, we'll just we'll just we'll just move past that. We'll, maybe we'll touch back on that. But um, so I am trying to remember like the earliest I kind of remember seeing stuff. You, um, I, I remember like the first thing I think I remember like reading like it was like Dave Volker getting on SE bikes. Right on. What, yeah. What,
1: which is cool because i never read that <laughs> I, I swear i remember reading it in a magazine that's amazing that it was written i really honestly don't recall any of that that's awesome what what, what so like, so here's the deal I, i'm sponsored by a bike shop in town and they give me you know 10 percent off or whatever which was a huge deal to me i was like wow i just want to ride my bike and i get discounts on parts you know And uh, I I really was the best kid in town, uh, as far as I knew, I was the best kid in town, and that's what I was stoked on. And they were going, you gotta go to this contest, go to this contest, and they actually forced me to go up to a contest in L.A., and I I didn't want any part of it, but they paid my way. Um, The bike shop sponsor was hanging out with this guy, Byron Friday, from SE, so... He ended up uh, sponsoring me uh, Toby Henderson's old leathers and jersey that they ripped the letters off and the fade still said his name, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I, so I show up at this contest on an SE bike and Toby Henderson's leathers and I ended up doing pretty well. And Next thing you know, I was on a cover of a magazine, test riding a Schwinn Predator, and it, like my whole career started from them forcing me to go to this. Was contest. it was it an
0: AFA contest or yeah,
1: it was AFA uh, Velodrome in nineteen
0: eighty six. So how did you how did you get into riding before that? Like before like you know you didn't picked up
1: dude. Doing the okay, thing? well here here's the deal. Like I I honestly jumped off of every wall in my neighborhood. And then I got a bike because that was on my big Yo, wheel. You're just, oh, that you had was your on big my wheel. big wheel. Like I literally was just jumping off of everything, dude. Like it was in my blood. And Evil Knievel was the only hero at that time. Of extreme sports you know they didn't exist but there was this crazy guy and there were always crazy guys when i was growing up that you heard about there were legends being crazy so i wanted to be a crazy guy i was one of those guys
0: was the crazy guys you heard about like motocross guys that were
1: like kind of no there was no really motocross type i mean there were some racers and that kind of stuff but there was no extreme nothing other than Somebody jumping over a car or whatever, like Evil Knievel. You or the know neighborhood I mean? kid jumping over some people and stuff? Well, yeah. I, I was the guy jumping over the trash can. <laughs> so. I, I remember, like, as a kid, my mom would get really upset that the older kids were seeing how far I could jump. They would, like, put the trash can I was jumping over... Further and further and further until my mom had to run out and say, stop, you're going to kill him!" Like, I just kept going. They they would set it up and I would do it. You know what I mean? How, how old were you then? Uh, I very young, eight, whatever. Oh, dang. Yeah, super young. I do remember,
0: that, I mean, talking about you jumping far, I remember that, uh, That I think it was like subscription thing and like Go or something, you jumping like 20 dino comps or something. Oh, that's There right. was like, I just remember it was like, a line of like twenty bikes, and you just roasting over them all. onto
1: flat ground. It looks so scary. I, I jumped to the side a couple of times, and then I was like, "All right, I'm only doing this once" because I knew my wrist and ankles were gonna hurt after this. Oh, one. dude, it was far. <laughs> it was high speed, flat ground. Yeah. So yeah, you just you're just jumping over
0: bikes in the neighborhood, and then what was what was kind of your first legit bike you got? It was called a uh,
1: Dan Gurney. Other people yeah, had yeah. DGs, but I, I got a Dan Gurney uh, You know, and I, da, the Dan Gurneys were before DG, weren't they? Uh, it was around the same time because I thought I had a DG. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, that's a Dan Gurney, not a DG. So was that around '79 or something? It was earlier. Yeah, yeah, earlier. Definitely. Yeah. You, Se- yeah, '78 or something like that. And since and you've have you lived in this this na- this area? Most yeah, of your life? I, I grew up in East San Diego, so um, there's El Cajon, Santee, and Lakeside, and I grew up in Santee. It's just a big valley area. And did you guys just were you guys like how did you come into the freestyle?
0: Because like, I mean, you, the DGs are more you know just jumping bikes. Did you who was your first influences on
1: that? Pretty cool. I had just graduated uh, eighth grade, and it was summertime when this kid moved into my neighborhood. His name was. Eddie uh, Ebert. (laughs) I knew I could spit that out. And uh, Eddie was able to do a trick called a rock walk. So that's where you kick your back end around and then swing your front end around. And uh, I, I was a wheelie king of my neighborhood... But that guy just upstaged me. You know what I mean? So him and I became friends and started doing tricks together. I learned the rock walk. And then we learned 360s. And then we nailed wood up to a telephone pole. And then another piece on top. And another piece on top (laughs) of that. Until it went to vert at six foot. And that was my first ramp. We literally were going... Would you kind of could you actually air it?
0: Would you would you yeah, hit the telephone pole? Right, yeah,
1: there were tire marks on the telephone pole, like right where your back end would hit it. You know, so that was my first ramp. There Ed- was if you went off center, it was wobbly, <laughs> and no one even cared in the neighborhood that you had a ramp built up against the telephone pole. Uh, yeah, they were pretty laid back, but but yeah, Eddie and I like from then on, I lived on my bike, literally. Like I always skateboarded and played baseball and all that kind of stuff. But once he moved in my neighborhood we started rolling down the street backwards and people were flipping out that we were riding our bikes down the street backwards and i was hooked i wanted to make people go what the heck you know what i mean like so that was it we would go down to the corners and show off we would do rock walks and 360s and go to the roller rink on friday night and everybody's going in to go roller skating and we were outside doing shows you know what i mean yeah
0: and then you know, kind of along that lines is like kind of is that kind of when the stuff happened with SE and the the contest and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit later than that. I mean, yeah. we were killing it for years before. You know, I did a show at my high school and I was doing That's shows. The one where you jumped off the wedge ramp. The wedge ramp, to flat ground. That wedge ramp was about five and a half foot tall, and just launched out of it onto flat ground. So
0: the AFA, So you were at the AFA Velodrome. Did you? What do you feel like back then? There was like a difference between the maybe the San Diego scene and the LA scene. Like, did you get it? Did you get you guys make it up to any like the King of Concrete? I mean, the King of Skateparks or anything or.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, no, but I did go to Del Mar once and I saw Hugo 360 over the fence. Oh yeah. And, uh, that impressed me to where I ended up going back like a week later and I was all, is this the one he jumped over or 3 over? And then I did it. You know what I mean? Like that was my goal. Hugo's I like go the first that. crazy dude in BMX. Hugo I feel like. really was. I mean, like if there was somebody who was crazy and in the magazines, that was Hugo. Like he was the leader. Yeah, because I mean, even every generation has their dude. That's like, oh, this guy's nuts. He, you know, nuts, he, had, he has it. no
0: filter. He just goes. Yes. He jumps off whatever. He he's, you know, he he's not scared. You know, every generation he's not has that. Scared. But that I feel was like Hugo. Hugo. was the first dude. Yes. Like absolutely. He just absolutely. And he'd come down and ride like the contest. And he's from NorCal. He he never even rode any of that stuff. He'd just come down feel like and just just go for it. Yeah, and that was Hugo going for it. For sure. So, about what time? You know, I mean, I don't know much about you know that that time, but what kind of? How'd you
1: kind of transition into to Dino from that area? Um, so after I went to the contest at Compton, I got on the cover of uh, the magazine doing a, uh, a test for the Schwinn Predator. Was that plus? Yep. Yep. My first cover ever was like five people on a cover it was Gust and you know mccoy whatever we we're all had our little squares on their test riding bikes and uh all of a sudden this guy this is pretty pretty crazy deal this guy comes out of nowhere his name was brian scura the inventor of the gyro and the vans brake shoes he uh wanted to try me out for his show he needed a show rider, and he heard about me so he drives down to san diego from la and uh tries me out in this parking lot like hey like you had to set up the ramp him. i'm auditioning for oh, this cat so i try and he didn't like me i was too sketchy i was too wild he, he was like no nope, this guy isn't right for my show so he was using somebody else and that person got hurt so he had to hire me to go do a show for him and it, he ended up loving me and mm-hmm. uh he got me sponsored by Dino. Cause because Skura was, was, on time, was on GT at the time. He was on GT at the time, his With his tuxedo, uh, yes. his tuxedo Look at leather. You, history buff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's yeah, he had the tuxedo. Okay. Yeah. So, but the, I got started because of Brian Skura. He got me away from a metal shop and started my career. I feel like those Skura,
0: and the Skura shows were really, I mean, they were really planned out.
1: I mean, almost, I mean, now it is. Planned out, he, he sang his own song. I want to be a freestyler. <laughs> Is that the guy? That's yeah,
2: it. yeah, we
0: watched yeah, it last yeah. night. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He invented the gyro. <laughs> and you could be my chick.
1: <laughs>
0: but how many shows? Would you guys do a lot of shows? Like you said you quit yeah. the metal shop, so you guys were probably doing enough shows. To yeah, eat?
1: he he promised me so many shows or whatever that I could make a living not working. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm. Were I'm you, already, in, you, were you know? out of
0: high school by then?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I already had graduated high school, and I was working at this metal shop, and my life was going to be that. That's what I was going to do. I was going to be a welder or whatever, you know? And uh, he changed my life. I, all of a sudden, I'm going to state fairs, and I went to New Jersey. I was like, wow, I flew with my bike over to here and did a show. Wow, this is amazing, you know? So I, I would have rode for free still, because I just loved riding. That's all I cared about, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And he got me sponsored, and then all of a sudden, GT was like, hey, we want you to go to this contest, and I ended up going to this contest, and I, I beat their best riders, and they were like, wait, who'd you we be? want you to,
0: uh, who'd you beat?
1: whatever <laughs> i didn't want to be number 1 you know i just wanted to ride my bike but this was part of the deal they wanted me to go there and ride my bike and i went there and i rode my bike i did a show but the show was a contest you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. that's all i ever did i didn't care about number 1 and all that but they ended up picking me up for dino and and Di- I that rode was full dino had time. been around probably a little bit then right yeah they were still pretty new you know dino was Kind of representing it and was he. He was he, on before he you did the GT Mall tour, uh Britannia something something. I don't know the history too much. I'm yeah, not a I history think history buff like you. But. Yeah, I
0: think the f- oh, first I, was VanderSpeck the first dude on Dino. Dave VanderSpeck. I have no. I think well, that's
1: Breed. interesting. Maybe
0: Dave Breed and Dave VanderSpeck. Yeah. yeah. I feel like those were the first two dudes, and I feel like you know VanderSpeck might have been too raw <laughs> for that scene or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he heavy. kept he's a little too real sometimes. Like.
1: But I mean, I yeah. So, so yeah. So I I was on Dino, and all of a sudden they were sending me all the all the contest. And uh, I'll never forget this part. Like Dino Deluca said, "Hey, see you at the next contest when I beat you again," and that pissed me off to where I went home and I started riding because now I'm out to beat somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to win now. Like I want to win that guy because he was. Not cool about. That. And was Dino from this area, or no? Dino was uh, above L.A. Okay, Camarillo. What's your question, Evan?
2: What's it like to change sponsors back then compared to now?
0: <laughs> Is <laughs> it a big deal? Do people mm. get bent out of shape? Like
1: it, it was a big deal. Yeah. It seems like it's why? Why would a big you big leave deal? that company? Yes. Yeah, so so when you left there? SE for for them? No, SE wasn't really a sponsor. It was more of the bike shop i was riding for the girl kind of just you know got me a setup type of deal yeah yeah she had connections and set me up but Dino was a real deal you know what i mean like so so i i don't know because i never switched companies i once i was on Dino gt because it was the same deal and uh they were such a strong company i wasn't going nowhere you know i had an opportunity to go to haro and all that but there were so many like super popular guys. I wasn't going to leave my solid foundation of a company and it, it worked out for me. Like, yeah. It really worked out.
2: How did the question not, like just piggybacking on that is did the guys when you joined the team, were they kind of like, Oh dude, this dude's really ripping. Like should we be nervous I guess, a little bit? I what? guess
1: because I didn't know. Like I, I just wanted to ride my bike and that's all I really was focused on and didn't pay attention to nothing else. And yeah, apparently I, you know, I was doing pretty good. Like, so here's a bad deal. I go on my first summer tour. It's you know '87, and I'm out with Dino and Brett, and Josh White's on the GT tour. I'm on the Dino tour, but he got hurt, and all of a sudden here's Dave Volker on GT, you know, doing a GT show. Are we ride Martin G- Aperio filling uh filling Josh White's spot when he was you know the or whatever everybody wanted to see josh and they're showing up and here's dave volker they're like who's this dave volker guy or whatever so it was a very awkward situation to be thrown into yeah my first summer tour ever and what all year was that I'm like Ugh. 87 87 we were in a van with no air conditioning and no back windows <laughs> the, the announcer had to sit in a lounge chair in the back like no seat back there or nothing it was just like one of their shipping vans or whatever yeah when when we talked to Eddie, he said the touring schedule was pretty grueling back then, yes, three months, three and a half months, like I would leave in June and I wouldn't come back until it was september
0: like it was so you guys when you were writing, it was like you did the show and you'd even like have to practice for your
1: own writing at the shows, absolutely, yeah, so you got a contest coming up, but you got all these shows, and you're like, oh, I guess I'll try that in a show to to you know learn something new,
0: yeah um so, what what year did you turn pro? Because you, you, I mean, you did pretty good in that, you were doing really good in the AM contest for a while, and then was it about
1: 88, 80, 87 you turned pro? Uh, that was a weird transition, because the sport was dying as far as contests were going. The AFA, you know, Wilkerson had his bad accident, and the quarter pipes were starting to be faded out, and uh, the street contest started, so... I wasn't a pro on the quarter pies, but I was a pro in these new street contest series. Yeah, and the first street contest was in your hometown in Santee, right? Yeah. Legendary stuff. Like, I'm out street riding on a Friday... Just what I do every day, knowing there was a contest coming up, and oh, I better go hit my wall ride a couple times because that's where the contest is gonna be. And I showed up, and all of a sudden, there's all these ramps that were in my like riding spot. You know what I mean? It was like the best thing ever. I was like, wow, look at this! Now I get to hit this and that. So. Yeah, Santee actually hosted, my hometown hosted the first street contest ever, which was amazing.
0: Like, I've sat down and watched that contest on the like the, the two-hip the two VHS, you know, I think I've wore that contest out on it, <clears throat> just because it was such an epic contest. Uh, what was the vibe like with that? Because, I mean, it feels like at that, that time, it was starting to, you know, BMX was starting to change, like you said, it was starting to die, people weren't wearing, you know, like dudes were kind of rebelling yes. against uniforms, you had like... Grosso and Campbell and, like, you know, Pete and those dudes coming in. Yeah. And uh, that, there- that's
1: when freestyle became free. Like, you were free to express yourself. You didn't have to wear the leathers. You didn't have to hit the standard quarter pipe to kick turn ramp. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you were free to express whatever you wanted in this area. And so people really took advantage of it, and were coming up with creative stuff. Man, like, amazing to see how fast things advanced from then on. It, you, I, I kind of still want to. I want to talk about that
0: contest a little because it just seemed like yeah, it was such a who's who in BMX. Like to, where that contest, like you look at who was at that contest, and it kind of I think set a tone maybe for the going into the nineties. I mean, there were like you know you had RL. I think uh, you know Moeller was there. Uh, you know you Wilkerson you guys Vander Speck I think was still at that Vander was, Van that, yeah was at the contest yeah.
1: um Grosso well, and Campbell expressing himself like he showed us stuff that you know obviously a wall ride to a a 540 wall ride yeah, yeah it was a 540 wall ride and That was super creative, but Grasso had some just really great ideas, and he expressed himself super good at that contest. Like I still like question if I should have won. You know what I mean? Yeah. Campbell, I I believe should have won because he came up with some really good stuff. So
0: yeah, I mean he did the the five. It's weird with that like that five forty wall ride because that didn't even it didn't even feel like people did that again until like the late nineties. Like Ruben. You know it was so ahead of its time, and he did it on an ozone with tough wheels and and peregrine <laughs> bars. You know, to where you're like, it it like for that being the first street contest, it was such a gnarly trick yes, at that time, absolutely. And I mean, it was that was that bank like six
1: feet to that thing. It's a big at bank least, to do it at on. At least, yes, yeah, big dirt bank, yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't know when he pulled it. I was like, all right, that guy won, man. That was badass. So I know uh, at that contest. You were you were doing opposite wall
0: rides at that time. Regular wall rides, both really big. Um, and I know you tried jumping the. It, there was no box jumps back then, but you tried jumping that that super long box. <laughs> yeah. Like
1: how long was that thing? <laughs> well, I guess it was only it was sixteen, and then it dropped down to another eight. So I and it was just straight to the flat. Sixteen <laughs> to the lower one. You know what I mean? I landed on the last eight foot, and then I flipped off because I hooked right on that 16 yeah but, did you get chapter but, but it was a weird transition and it was a long way to jump so um, all right so here's something about that street contest it was the first jump to a wall ride that had ever been done was that was built right there and like a quarter pipe to the wall no like uh, just a regular jump you know what i mean like we dug a, a lip You know, we built this lip to a wall ride. So that was the first time anybody had ever, like, been able to pedal fast and then jump onto a wall. Yeah. So it was really cool to have that contest at that spot where the first wall ride. So that was a lot of dudes, like, kind of first, like, big wall rides and stuff. Yeah. Vic showed up. I never saw Vic before, and he did a bunny hop fakie wall ride, and I was super impressed with Vic. Vic was badass. I think he he, he rode AM at that contest, I think.
3: He won. Did he, he won am. Won. Yeah, he won nice. That, contest. that was his you... first contest. He said that's the closest he's ever come to training for anything in his life. Was for <laughs> San super students.
1: creative dude. That's, Just a great guy.
2: Didn't you and Vic grow up in the same area
1: though? Is uh, yeah, no, Vic's definitely. from Alaska, but he moved down here. Yeah, so that was cool. He, it was around the same time he moved down. He was was, was that, like, that about the time like? I feel was that about time like the dirt Bros started coming That's out. That's exactly when they started. Did, you know, all the Alaskan guys moved down. There was a uh, Carlo, Will. Carlo, yeah, yeah, and then Vic, and there Jim was Sibley. another one, Jim Sibley. Jim Sibley. Wow, look at you! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, would you, would you ride with those guys once in a while then? Yeah, because we would end up at the you know the Mission Trails dirt jumps or whatever. Yes, yeah. the, the only. I mean, those were like yeah. the biggest like. Death, death called,
0: jump. Yeah, the death jump. I mean, they'd have been called <laughs> trails nowadays, but they were just mainly jumps back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of yeah. like the Dirt Bros, like, little secret spot
1: back in the day, wasn't it? I don't know about that Well, I, got bl- bros, I feel like man. it got blown out, but... <laughs> no, here's the deal with that place. So we were riding to the beach, and we had 25 dudes that would meet up in the East County here in this valley. And we had all ride 25 miles to go ride at the beach in session or whatever. But we had stopped at Mission Trails because that was part of the route so we had stopped there and there's one jump at the time and then we decided you know later on that we should be building more jumps there and that's how that place developed and it was just kind of all of us as you know it wasn't Dirt Brothers at the time it was just like the scene yeah yeah we had a really cool East County scene the scene
0: was pretty big then
1: yeah absolutely like growing up this whole area was BMX Big time. If you couldn't afford a motorcycle, you were a BMX.
0: With the, with the Mission Hills thing, uh, t- why don't you talk about the death jump? Because I know it seemed like you were kind of like one of the dudes that
1: everybody always like, oh, Volker's hit, you know, killing the death jump, and it just seemed like for that time it was a crazy jump. It was a really big jump, and I was able to go pretty high on it. And the so, the crashing something? was really a big deal because it was so far down a hill that you were rolling for a while. You saw some dudes get messed and, up? Yeah, I, I crashed. I, I'm not the <laughs> smoothest guy in the world, so. but yeah, it was it was just a really big jump and it was impressive. You saw the photo out in the garage. Right? Oh, I saw. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, with Jimmy, kind a. of just stepping back a little, um, like with the the two hip contests and stuff. You know, like kind of right before the the crash with BMX. Uh, I feel like almost the crash happened after that uh, big Vision Streetwear contest in '88. I mean, nice. Yeah, I mean, does it feel like that was almost like right after that year that the crash kind of happened, like, you know, where the industry was falling apart?
1: Absolutely, yeah, you're, you're correct. It's really cool that you said that because it was very unfortunate for Ron to have to deal with that, and the AFA kind of crumbled or whatever, you know, but Ron stepped up and started that two-hip deal that just changed everybody's attitude, you know, the, the underground world, the freestyle part of it. Yeah. Broke away from bmx like racing and all that it really got away from the factories at that point so yeah that was a big turn
0: how was that how was that 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 big vision two hip contest the finals in 88 it seemed like super rock star it
1: was very rock star and to be a part of it was really cool i mean we did the high air thing but it was just us guys riding even though there were these Lights and spotlights and all that shit it was really just like me Blyther and Dominguez and Wilkerson were always just like on the ramp just having fun you know what I mean like and then you look at the other side and you got Josh White you know you know he's been training and all that kind of stuff and we were just like dude whatever you know we're just out here riding so it was a laid back scene and do you feel like do you feel like the Camarillo dudes trained a little harder than the dudes down south (laughs) 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 Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, yeah, I hate to point that stuff out, but it was like, oh, yeah, they're up there training, and we're down here, you know, having fun. Pedaling down but, to the yeah. beach. Yeah, I, there was one day at Wilkerson's house, we're riding his half and me, Blyther, Dominguez, and... Uh, Wilkerson, obviously, we're sitting there trying to do manuals. See, who could pull off a manual for the first time? It was just us, and we're just sitting there going around the ramp over and over. It. Who could pull it? For the, pull the first deck manual? The first, yep. Who, po- oh. who pulled the first deck manual? It might have been me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. I, it was fun, though. It was, yeah. Just the memory of us guys just sitting there doing that. And thinking about them up there training, you know. Uh, Speaking of, like, inventing tricks,
0: you know, there's always, like, you know, rumors and theories about who invented some tricks. And I know you're in the running for, like, inventing the turndown. (laughs) Uh, Do you stay claiming that?
1: There's no running. I did it. (laughs) I don't care what what anyone says, dude. Whether it was done before me or not, I... Personally, did the first turn down for me. You know what I mean? Like, was I was fir- trying to go up in the air, come down backwards, and then turn around at the last second. On a quarter pipe. But, yes. It, but it just turned into a turndown instead of coming down backwards because once you reach the peak, you had to turn around right then and there or else you're going to die. So it just folded into a turndown. So I I know what happened. Like, I, Oh, no. I'm, I, no I, I'm, not, I'm not even taking that way. I just know, like, that's one of the things that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was very unfortunate. I felt really bad that it kind of got weird, and I was like, I don't want any part of that. I just, that's what happened. (laughs) That's what I did.
2: Did Monty Hill say that he invented the
1: term? I don't know if Monty said that.
2: But this is what I've heard.
1: No, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Monty was a badass and he lived in this place called Oregon <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody knew what was going on in Oregon. I heard that place. There a trees there. There's trees, black beans. Black beans in your burritos.
0: Yeah, Josh I mean Josh had to move out of Oregon for anybody to even know somebody was from Oregon.
1: Unfortunately, that's how it was for most of the world. You had to come to Southern California if you wanted to be in the magazines and yeah, sponsored. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, there are so many great, talented writers that would have went a long ways, but they said, you know what? I got a car. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'll never make it in there. got to move to California. I don't want to move there. Yeah, they put, they have pinto beans in their burritos down there, not
0: black beans. <laughs> <laughs> the real
1: beans. We're closer to Mexico. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> so go going into the early 90s, like after that street contest, um, you know, like the industry and I feel like just magazines and you know, street riding was a hot topic, you know, it kind of went away from the quarter pipes and, you know, people still ride vert, but maybe kind of get into the mini ramps a little, but I mean, street riding in a whole, like people were riding street. It was, it was a real thing. And I know sometimes people thinking nowadays, like, well, street riding's always, I mean, street riding's always been a thing, but like, no, it got it latched took off. It, it got it
1: took. Off. They built frames to cater to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a big deal. That's how much the sport changed. They built bikes around. And it, it. Like literally, there's change- a bash guard. You got to protect your sprocket. Your 46. Much- <laughs> I heard you hate it. Heard- I heard you hated bash guards. I did. Well, my back was getting sore from bunny hopping with a heavy ass <laughs> bike. Dude. You're, you're- At that
0: time, I felt you. You were like the the epitome of street riding. And the bikes that they're making for it, you're like, I hate this thing.
1: <laughs> They just made, yeah, they, they started catering to it, like almost cheating, you know what I mean? When it had that natural, you could break your chain if you don't grind properly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So was, I don't know. It just felt weird. It felt weird.
0: And go to that time, I mean, you, you, I, you held down like the King of Street contest title for quite some time right, with the two-hit well, uh- contest undefeated for
1: two years bro did blight no. <laughs> was, was Blythe like, the it, one that beat it just you? happened like uh, actually i yeah i i was undefeated like I, nobody ever really won a contest against me on street like it just turned into a, a park thing in the 90s later on in the 90s yeah but yeah the the street series just kind of ended and yeah i i did good you know what i mean like it just happened like you were the king of street. Well, apparently, but I just <laughs> <laughs> I, I just rode the way I wanted to ride. I wanted yeah. to do a show, and I really, uh, back to my roots, I wanted to make people go, what the heck did that guy just do? And so that's the, all I concentrated
0: so was the, on. And that that kind of come where you were always trying to push yourself a little higher on everything than everybody else and go a little bit faster? And
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's going faster and higher and... If I landed hard, whatever. But I went fast and I went high. You know what I mean? That's what I cared about.
0: Yeah. And I ain't ca- going to land
1: hard. I don't care. I, I want to, yeah. You want to go to the moon? I do. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, one of the, a few of the tricks I want to talk to you about, like from those, from those meet the street contests, one of the ones that just rings present in my mind, which the footage isn't that great of it. Um, is the 450 off the wall at Brooklyn Banks? There you go. Uh,
1: that's a uh, 360 off the wall at Brooklyn. Yeah. Banks. Yeah. So um, I, I had this routine, you know, you kind of think of what you're going to start with or whatever, and somebody does it right in front of me. The, fir- the very next guy. What, what was the trick? I, I forgot what he started with. I, I forgot because I, I just, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? That's all I can remember. What am I going to do? And I said, I'm going up on the wall. I'm going to jump into the bank. And then I got up there and I go, I'm going to 360 How- into that bank. You know what I mean? Like- so
0: I'm, I'm confused because I... The Brooklyn Bank shut off now, so you can't even really go there. You know how I'm confused. Like, how wide was that wall? It was
1: actually a pretty good width. It was almost you know two feet or a foot and a half or whatever. Okay, just enough to be able to get your gyration of your front wheel to get the spin of a three. You know what I mean? Well, now apparently you don't even need to do that. But (laughs) 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 apparently you can ride on a rail and do a three sixty off. I didn't have a clue, but yeah. Uh, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The bikes are lighter now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the talent just got stupid. But um, so yeah, I got up on the wall and I decided I'm gonna try a 360. And I actually pulled it the first time, and then I ended up missing it the the next two tries. I did it, but yeah. I oh, so when we watched the footage,
0: up. the two wrecks came after, correct? The pole. Yeah. So you're just like, I'm gonna start this every run. I'm just gonna
1: spin Yeah. Off well thing. yeah, you get two runs. So I started the first one and then I was like, Oh, I should go do that again on the second one. So Yeah, I mean that even to nowadays standards that, that trick
0: seems just super gnarly, you know? It, it
1: actually was pretty like scary for me because you're thinking, Okay, well I'm three and off to the left, but my front end's gonna come back towards the wall, so you know, it could hit. Yeah. Like a, it could have been a bad deal and it was a pretty big drop. I believe I, I don't know what the footage was, but I'm sure it was, you know, eight to 10 into a bank. So yeah, the banks, I think like about four feet tall or something. It was pretty short. Cause I yeah. was yeah, I'm not a precise lander. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, like with those two hip contests. I do not think Ron had two New York city. Were they pretty crazy since they were like in the city? Was there just, you this? guys
1: don't have a clue how sketchy this stuff was. like, that one in Santee, he just threw ramps behind a shopping mall. Like they, he, he, didn't he didn't have permission? Nothing. There was nothing. There was a sheriff's station across the street. Did like anybody he, come over and say anything? The cops came and hung out, but they watched. You know what I mean? Like It was the 80s. They didn't care. <laughs> While well, they were
2: there, and he was like, man, one day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, in the ones in New York, there's no permission? for Nothing, yeah.
1: No just permission. just went down to Brooklyn Banks? That guy was just, sketchiest contest runner ever by far i mean the guys that worked those contests talk to them sometime it's amazing rona just amazing just throw, throw the through. throw the stuff together oh, Yeah, trailers that are 10 times overloaded you know the weight <laughs> they're breaking axles and all kinds of stuff did,
0: like, did you uh, ever have any like bad uh or just what are some of the crazy things you saw on the road like traveling so much
1: ah i don't know there's so much i I can't remember a lot of things because so much has happened you know what i mean like when you're traveling that much it's insane um did you guys get any bad accidents in the gt rig or anything um typical like following some guys one time with the bike rack and, and they were leading us to their jumps or whatever after a show and it just rained and uh Brett Hernandez was driving and he couldn't stop in time. And we smashed all their bikes. <laughs> <laughs> did, Just rammed into it, you know, but, um, as far as like big accidents, um, I was always the guy that would drive all night. You know what I mean? Like I, people fall asleep all the time. So I'd be the guy that would drive all night until the sun came up. And so we were pretty fortunate about that kind of stuff.
0: Did you, um, I know we were looking at that photo earlier of you. Okay. That? Wait, one car oh, crashed. Yo, yo, One
1: car crash. I'm in the uh, Haro rig with Matt Hoffman driving, and uh, we were just going down a country road. We're all on tour, and back then you would see other teams on the road. That's how gnarly it was. Like the, you would see another team driving down the freeway, you know what I mean? Like Haro so, or CW yeah, or somebody? Yeah. So the Dino rig now is following the Harrell rig, and I'm in the Haro rig, and Matt's driving, and we're going down some country road, you know, two lane, and a lady stops to turn left. And there's oncoming traffic. And Matt doesn't see. She's stopped. And all of a sudden, I'm like, Matt. Matt. Matt! <laughs> Boom! He nails her, dude, and just took her out. It was, It was burly, like, smashed her car. Totaled her car, I guarantee it. That's a lot of weight coming yeah, with that trailer. Yeah. And, and then the dyno rig comes skidding up next to us and hits a mailbox, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> Yeah, it was gnarly, gnarly. So, Matt was bummed. He was like, I'll never drive again. He is 16. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my,
2: really? That's yeah. gotta be pretty gnarly
1: to have somebody that young just driving around the country, like, with yeah. a, a whole trailer and a van full of stuff, like... Dave Mira, jeez, we got a triple-axle half-pipe behind, you know, fifth-wheel trailer trailer behind this big dually thing and he's like come on guys let me drive let me drive you know he's on the team at 16 and he's like come on let me drive let me drive let me drive." oh man are you serious i gotta let this guy drive because he will not shut up <laughs> 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 i know i'm gonna die you know what i mean but yeah you let dave drive the rig at 16 had to <laughs> he wasn't gonna stop how- <laughs> he was relentless how, how was it
0: when Dave, I mean, Dave was on GT. I think really GT and Dino, really young. I think it was more Dino. He was on the Dino team. How was it when he came in, like seeing him ride as just a, a little dude
1: back then to what he kind of grew into? Uh, this is just super talent. You know what I mean? Like, what a just amazing talent. It was like one of the first talent riders in the sport. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of riders, and there were a lot of good riders, but this kid just had the the knack he he had it all yeah which you see a lot of these days but yeah it was really cool to see the, the way Dave developed and all that yeah um
0: <laughs> uh, so kind of right after the Meet the Street contest um. Did you kind of, like, retire, like, after the contest series died, or...
1: Yeah, what kind it of happened was, it basically what, what happened was, you know, the the contest stopped, and I was reigning champion or whatever, and GT was just, hey, let's do shows, and I was like, yeah. And that was a super I, dead I time BMX. in BMX. Oh, you, you guys, this is how dead it was. There was Fuzzy... Dennis and myself, we are the only ones making money. Like, wow. we are the only sponsored riders. Like, not, was At that 94 ish? As baby? far as I know, we were the only three people.
3: 92, 91, 92,
1: 91 or 92 mm. 90, 91, 92. Yeah. So, yeah. you just, you've, even Matt wasn't making money? No, because he went and was doing his own thing. Oh, that's right, know? when he started yeah. hopping bikes. So, yeah. just you three, those two on Mongoose and. and yeah that was it as far as I know we were the only ones for a little bit period of time that were actually making money so
0: you were just just tour they just were like
1: let's just tour and just try to get kids to buy bikes yeah yeah basically they um, you know they had their bike shops all over the world and we were just going out and entertaining people at bike shops you know what I mean like showing everybody thanks for uh, carrying GT bicycles so they had us uh, on the road everywhere all the time it was amazing how many shows we were doing. How many shows would you do? <laughs> I wasn't at home much, man. I could tell you that. Yeah. I was not. And we were, you know, I, I had, over the years, I've driven all the way through Mexico, all the way through Canada, like, towing trailers and that kind of stuff. So, um, there was a lot of traveling. It's kind of funny looking back, like,
0: we were, look, we were out in your garage, I, I know, looking at old pictures, and I pointed out that Percy Ledge ride. That you're doing? Oh yeah, yeah. In, in France, and it's kind of almost weird looking back. Like nowadays, you know, everybody's doing tire rides down little little ledges and stuff. And it's like, I mean, what what year was that one? Oh
1: dude, just just you saying that made me think of like freestyle was so open that I, I was trying to create things and like bunny hopping and landing in a manual was brand new and I was like. You know what I mean? Like, we could invent things like that. So yeah. I, I was always trying to find different ways of riding, and, and doing manuals on curbs around my neighborhood was always a big deal. So I started doing it on, like, little rails and that kind of stuff. They were square at the time, which I thought was amazing, But because now they're doing them on round ones. I'm going there. Oh. But even doing <laughs> it on a, square, a
0: manual on square rail back then is just its pretty gnarly. Yeah,
1: you know? I thought it was a pretty good deal. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah.
0: But like I looked at that ledge ride and it looked like it was like what, about fifteen stairs with a big drop on one side. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like looks like it's you're just doing it in the middle of night like cruise around with your buddies, like not even
1: Oh well the best part was we were uh with the skateboarders also. So Chris Miller was there and uh Christian and And they were calling me the uh Chris Miller of, of bike riding. Like uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean that's that's a good that's a fair that's a pretty good compliment depending I on how hard still, Chris yeah. still
1: rips nowadays. Oh right on. Yeah,
0: so um, and then, so you just touring for GT, and then about 95 the X Games came back. What, I mean, you didn't ride in X Games for a couple more years,
1: did you? No, I, I, I was done. I didn't think I was going to be in contest anymore. How old were you about that time? Uh, don't ask me hard questions. Man. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll, I'll let it be. Yeah, so... You were still in your 20s, so, though, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, 97... I ended up uh coming out of retirement because the x games came to San Diego and I wanted to show my friends you know what I do, yeah, and there was a great place to do that so yeah that that was the deal i that's why I came out of retirement was to do ninety seven ninety eight x games San Diego. I remember looking at that contest
0: when i mean because that was still before you know I felt like the x games I mean they were always kind of corny, but it was actually a really big deal at the time because it was like one of the only big contest series and i think they had the b3 contest that led up to it at the time yeah but i remember when you I came had to qualify yeah yeah you, when you came out of retirement like being a guy that was my age i was like holy shit dave's coming out of retirement you know and i knew you how you just kill like basically their park courses back in the day you know the street contests, and i was i was just really excited to see you ride and see you know how you were gonna ride the course i mean did did you feel like that excitement around you or like at the time or was it just were people psyched that you were coming to ride the
1: contest or I, I didn't notice anything like that but I for me it was just like wow you know here we go I'm going to enter this big contest yeah so I, yeah I don't know about that I don't know I'm just stuttering <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, a What 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 place did you get at, at that X Games Uh my first year in 97 I ended up getting the uh, bronze so I was the uh, second loser. The second loser. <laughs> how, how many how many years did you end up riding the X Games for? Uh I all right, here I, I do 97 I get the bronze. Uh 98 I ended up like getting fifth or whatever, A couple crash and burns. And uh then GT I was done. Like I officially was retired again. But GT was like, No, you gotta go to these contests up in San Francisco. You're you're gonna do the X games, T V And you if didn't you wanna be sponsored, you're gonna have to do this. And I was like, All right, whatever. So I went up there and I, I got like a fourth or whatever, you know, just kinda hanging in there. Oh, my heart wasn't into it or whatever. And I had my daughter in ninety nine and then I was gonna have my son. Was scheduled to happen right at the same time as 2000 X Games, San Francisco, and uh, so they made me go. And I didn't want to be there, so during the uh, qualifying, I just went out on the course. I did a couple tricks, and then I jumped out onto the uh, the motocross section, like way. <laughs> I watched that. Nice, nice. So I pedaled my balls off across the whole course. I hit this wedge had to clear, like, this stupid long deck over a rail and then into the street course. And I made it, and I was all pumped up and everything. I come around the corner, and everybody made this big lane for me to get back in the street course. And I'm like, I don't want to qualify. (laughs) Like, I want to go home. My son's about to be born. So I did, like, one trick. and You didn't qualify, though. No, no. Because (laughs) the one trick I tried was a uh, tail-tapped nose pick over the spine, which... I made up years before, which was pretty cool. I was stoked on that. But I, I went to do it on the spine, and uh, the front brake slipped or whatever, and I totally landed on my. I was wearing a jacket. I, I remember that wreck. I 50 50'd on the spine. It was pretty cool. I was just hanging there. <laughs> yeah. So I went home, and my son was born like the next day. Um and then you just done no more contests yeah I didn't want to do it and I said hey I'll do shows I don't want to do contests because I got two kids and I know how I was in contests I I would ride over my head and I knew I was going to crash and you know what I mean did you just feed off the crowd at contests yeah Dude. You were just like yes. No, the the ninety seven or ninety eight X Games in San Diego, the whole crowd was so pumped on me that they were all yelling bullshit when my score came up. You know what I mean? The whole crowd was going bullshit, bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> so I won, but I didn't win. But, you but know what I mean? that felt great, though. I did a show. Yeah, I, I like to
0: make people go, what the hell? Um, you were just saying, like you know, the tail tap to nose pick. I know. Uh, You know, talk about the, you you know, the main turn down, you kind of did, I know for a fact invented like a really pivotal trick nowadays, which is, you know,
1: nose pick tail whips. Yeah, right on that. That developed from a, a boulder in front of my old high school. I just went up to do a nose pick, you know, just flat ground to
0: bunny hop on to yeah, the rock.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I just landed, and I had to bail out, but the back end swung around. And I was like, "Wait a minute, that's pretty, pretty good. I could do that." So I did a you know typical front brake nose pick and let the back end swing around. Did a nose pick tail. And it's crazy. It's crazy how much that
0: trick has been linked into. So much of modern BMX, you know? It's amazing. And, and, without brakes. Yeah, without brakes and just the combos that go into it. And I, I remember seeing you do that. I, you know, you, I think the first time I saw it, maybe it was just a street spine. Like you, you just did one on a street spine. There you go. And then uh, Brooklyn Banks,
1: maybe you did it on the sub box. That was part. the first time I ever did it. It revealed it or veiled and that, it or whatever. I mean, for know, that like...
0: time, like, it just. That's, an. I mean, so it's so gnarly, you know, it, doing it on the, the, you know, the sub box out of the Bur- Brooklyn banks, which I don't even think that part's there anymore, where you could jump out into the street.
1: Yes. It was um, a wall right there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like for the time, I mean, that was like just so tech and, and. Which is funny because I'm time. not
1: the tech guy, you know what I mean? But it just, whatever, it just yeah. happened. But I was very against in the early nineties against all the click, clank, clunk. Like when the, the old, yeah, how, so. Ice pick. Nose pick. It, it, I don't know. It just it bothered me. Like, it was like, click, clink, clink, clink. Well, there's not much danger. You can't get hurt. You, I mean, you could get hurt, but it's not like pedaling your balls off and flying. Did, did you, you... know you, what
0: I mean? Like Talking about like that mini ramp stuff, because I remember... Like, there in the early 90s, Matt was doing, you know, his contest and stuff, and it was, like, the first year, and you were at the one in, in Texas, I think it was...
3: '92 uh, January 92 in Dallas. You were there, but riding and killing it, but you didn't enter the contest. Yeah,
0: you didn't enter the contest, but I remember there's footage of you in Ride On. It's at the Jeff Phillips skate park yeah. riding the mini ramp, and that's really when the tech stuff came out, like the vert ramps were starting to die. You had the standard guys, and, you know... You know, you had, like, Kurt Schmidt coming in and, and those dudes, and they were so tech mini. And then in, you'd see footage of those dudes doing, you know, like Evan Krakow and those dude just killing, like, spine tech tricks. And there's just footage of you just roasting the spine, doing tuck-no-handers, trying to 720, the big part. But you didn't enter the contest, and, you know what what made you not enter that contest then
1: because i was so anti trying to be number 1 you know what i mean even though i was writing for gt which was all about being number 1 i just i i didn't like the competition part of it yeah. you know what i mean like i, I yeah, I just remember there's so many great clips from you of you that contest, like riding the wall ride in the street you, uh, course. Very stoked about it, and you guys just watch a video. But yeah, like a manual up a transition and then do a wall ride after it. You know what I mean? Like I think you did manual, like blah, blah,
0: blah. you were doing wall
1: taps at that time, which just the back wheel. You
0: yeah, know, wall tap. Which new. I was actually at that
3: contest, standing on a quarter, and you you came up and asked me to move because you wanted to use the wall behind it, and I was like, "What are you talking about? I'm just sitting on the corner." And you're like, "No, I'm going to do a wall ride." We moved out of the way, and this is in Ride right on. But you do this wall ride transfer into this. Oh, little, like the yes. it's, it's like the, ball he, in the corner. You right? yeah. He does
0: a kind of corner, yeah, corner wall. Yeah, He
3: did it over our heads, and we that's were thinking, funny. That were was you. I can't ride. believe that yeah, was it you. It was crazy. Cool. I mean, that was the first time I saw you ride in person, and you you had a different take on the course than anybody else did. And right. then you didn't enter the contest, yeah. but you shredded all. Week it was so long. crazy
0: because I feel at like that time you were still. I mean, you've always rode at a high level, but I still feel like in my eyes you. You could have maybe won that contest, which yeah. you know. And I, I see, I totally know where you're coming from because I've never been in the contest that much. To where you're like, no, I'm just trying to shred with my homies. Yeah, let's shoot a photo or let's film something. That's awesome. You know, in the contest, you're just like, huh.
1: But it's you just went shredded and then you just hung out with the contest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was kind of cheesy, kind of bail out or whatever. But it wasn't what i wanted to do i wanted to be free and freestyle you know yeah what I, mean? I, I want to express myself the way i want to express myself i don't want to be forced into it and i feel contests kind of force you to be a certain way and i i kind of see you know it wasn't taj the same way and you know I, there's a lot there's a lot of, of writers yeah. that that have, of course yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah but yeah i mean there's i mean taj definitely like you'd see him at contests but you know you'd see him just riding and it's like that's
1: where he is comfortable
0: yeah and sometimes you'd see him do gnarlier stuff just in a session yes with Uh. with friends than that um another thing i i really wanted to bring up because i feel i hate it when i say i feel but uh the san diego scene like through i mean it goes the san diego scene runs so deep like it's been so influential just in bmx in general going back to I could be wrong, but I feel Tony Murray kind of and those dudes to now you have Dennis and everybody. The scene has always been feels like it's been so steady and so influential and just just the gnarliest writers have have came out of this this area. Um, And you guys kind of laid the groundwork for it. I mean. What do you feel
1: like when you see the new new writers that come out of SD? Or- it, it's awesome because, you know, I used to always be pumped on Gary Young. I'd be like, yeah, represent Gary San feel- Diego. Gary
0: feels like the, what San Diego, you know, it's like a little mix of you, a little mix of Vic. You know, it's just so. But he's
1: smooth. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it's like. No, I wasn't. You
0: see it and you're like, that's San Diego BMX, you know, going to anything, shredding anything.
1: And, and it's just a real down to earth cat, you know what yeah. I mean? Like he's such a good guy. And then Dennis comes out of nowhere, and he's killing it, and he's got the right attitude. What an amazing, lucky, you know, San Diego's representation is like. Wow, we're lucky, you know. Like there's some really cool heads that are coming out of here, and they're killing it. Like, I mean, San Diego's pushed out so. I mean,
0: if San Diego didn't exist. There'd be missing so many missing parts of BMX, you know. Like Eddie Roman and and all those dudes, oh, yeah. like super creative. I mean, Eddie influenced like so much with street riding, but even his early videos. Yeah, of course. Well, well here's, the only videos. Yeah, what was it know? like? I. I mean, you're agro man. A lot of people think it's Matt, but I think most of the footage is you being agro man. I'm from San Diego.
2: <laughs> you know, it's like
0: <laughs> it probably would have all been Matt, but
1: I'm from San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: you're agro man in like one, you know, one of the most influential videos ever. How was it filming with with Eddie back then and working on those video projects? Dude,
1: always a pleasure. You know, and he 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 was so simple it was like yeah would you mind wearing this and riding uh, heck yeah you know i had no idea what he was doing <laughs> I just, i'll wear this stupid outfit yeah let's do this you know and uh it just was amazing how creative he was and what he thought of it was yeah cool deal i don't, I don't know where to go with that like it's just amazing did you ride with eddie a lot back in the day yeah uh, yeah we grew up together I got a picture in my garage, I'm jumping over a truck long ways, and he was at that deal. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the 70s, you know what I mean? Like It was early, 79 probably. 79? Maybe maybe it was 80, yeah.
0: So when you just look in, you know, I don't even know where to go with this, but like, those early videos, would you guys go out and he's like, I'm going to film for the day, or would it just be like, just a free-flowing session, and he would have the
1: camera out? Um, he actually did, you know, say, "Hey, I want to film you street riding or whatever," and I said, "Cool. Well, let's meet at Second Street." And that's my favorite street riding scene I've ever filmed was riding at night. Was that on the stuff? Second Street where we used to cruise? Was like, that where that was just riding the
0: island. Trip. Yeah, like yeah. we we were seeing that. Like when you watch that little part where you ride in the island, I, I think you got some. Uh, this is this is. Here, are you ready for me be a BMX nerd? <laughs> there you go. Dino slammer, airwalk velocities, some checkered pants. <laughs>
1: what About my pants? What are you gonna say about the pants? Well, I don't know
0: how to explain those. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, you like? It's. I think it was just little stuff you messing around, but there's such staples in BMX now. Like it, it,
1: what? What it was to me was hey, you guys could ride anything, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to have the skate parks and stuff. Like, kids were always, when I'm on the road, they're going, oh, we don't have anything to ride. How are we going to get good? We don't have anything to ride. I'm like, dude, here's a curb, man. Check this thing out. This has got a lot to offer.
0: And so much of street riding nowadays is based off of just being able to do something tech on a curb. And when, when you think about street riding, that was like kind of the first just techie street riding in like you, I think you manual through, and you actually do like a bump jump off the curb to nose manual to keep on manualing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You fakie bunny hop up onto an <laughs> That's island, right? Yeah. Which is gnarly. You like one eighty over kind of
1: Long Island, three sixty on, three sixty yeah, off. I yeah. was super proud of that one because yeah, mega three sixties was like a big part of a BMX back then, and I was able to do it without touching my front wheel.
0: And that that whole little part, you watch it, and those tricks are still hard you know like with a free wheel fakie bunny hopping up onto
1: a curb what that's gonna take a while you know and my buddy manuel trying to do a bar ride off the curb oh manuel, well <laughs> he slammed
0: that dude that dude was he was so ahead of his time in street riding too i mean yeah he, tail, was, he was one of the first to tail whip too and he i think he was like i mean there were people were doing handrails but
3: Brakeless, padless,
0: brakeless, padless, and he was bombing like bombing. Oh, twenty stair rails in the really early nineties. That's awesome, right on. So you
1: guys know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you were there. I was there. I heard, you heard. <laughs>
3: were...
1: <laughs> uh, man,
3: I got one for you. Um, what's it like for you to have been on the road, touring so much, and introducing BMX to so many people? I mean, we do a lot of interviews. And more often than not, people tell me, yeah, I got into it from seeing a GT right show on. with Dave ride riding. Mm-hmm. Dave Oaker getting rad got me into BMX. What's that How like cool. for you? How
1: cool. How cool. Yeah. And like I said, from the very beginning, we would go to the roller rink to like show people these weird ways of riding the bike. And then all of a sudden I was able to travel around the world doing the same thing. And I was able to make people smile and it, it meant a lot to me. And it still does. Like, I can make somebody go, what the hell? That's awesome. I mean,
0: I know for me, you were like a heavy influence on my riding when I was younger. I think though, like I almost moved to San Diego right out of high school. I think it was, I didn't know anything. So that's kind of what kept me from moving. But I met Sean Yarrow once, like right after high school. And I, I told him, I'm like, oh, I might move to San Diego. I want to ride at the Dirt Bros and, and Dave Volker and those guys. And he's like, I'm like, I'm just going to drive down there and live in my truck, which I didn't do. But... That whole scene was so influential on the way I rode because, you know, I just rode flat and stuff. And then I saw everybody just riding street and just it seemed more relaxed, but a lot more fun. And like that whole you guys were just such a heavy influence on me. And it's funny because I always saw you on like Bashguard Slammers. and I was like,
2: "Oh, I want a Bashguard Slammer!"
0: You know, thinking like you probably thought that Bashguard was like the best thing ever. You know, which was there's GT and Dino's marketing right there. Like they got me. Like I was like, they got me. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're good at it. I, they I'm gonna get some Dino it. shoes. They're gonna fall apart in three weeks.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but they got me. I was like, I was like, I'm into this. You know. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely always a heavy influence. You know just knowing that I could go out and 180 some stairs and it was cool. You know, I didn't have to always have to go ride a quarter pipe or sit in front of my house and in, in flatland. I knew I could just go out and do a high speed little nose bonk or something just exactly. ripping somewhere. And, and, yeah, it, and yeah. it was great. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you've influenced so many riders and it's awesome just to, you know, just be here and you're just still talking about riding like, you know, the way you felt when you were a younger kid and, I feel like that's where it always comes full circle, you know, you you grow up, you ride and you push yourself, but you know, it's the dudes that keep riding try to come back to how it felt when they were, you know, a younger yeah. guy riding, you're yeah. just like I want to go fast, I want to go high, I just I just want to pedal and be free because it's freestyle, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it blocks out the rest of whatever else is going on in your life. You just you focus on what you're doing and it's a great release, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you, well, here let's talk about this. I
0: know some. You're big into fishing.
1: There
0: you go. Do you That's get the same feeling sometimes? You're just like I'm gonna throw a fishing pole in. And I'm gonna pedal down somewhere and just go ride, and you know, just that bike's taking you to do something you enjoy. You know. I, I did. like, well, just like how much other things the bike, your BMX bike, will just take you to do. You know, you can ride it, but it can just be a tool to just take you do, to do something else you enjoy, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell people this all the time. I'm, all, You know what? You should go get your bike out and put air in the tires and just go ride down the street because you're going to see things that you haven't seen driving your car. You're going to see all kinds of cool different things in your neighborhood you didn't know existed because you haven't ridden in 15 years or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Bikes will take you all... Kinds of different places and show you different things and meet different people. and
0: I mean, it's just like such a, a good tool, you know? Probably like you guys traveling around Europe and all over the country, but you guys got on your bikes and you could <sighs> pedal around a city and it was, you know, way more. <laughs> you, you get to see
1: a lot more than you do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, it's amazing what the bike. I, I was in Germany one time and I, I, we were all drinking at the house or whatever, somebody's house, and uh, I got on my bike and I go for a little ride. And it's one in the morning, and I'm going down this little rocky trail, and it's all just, you know, rocks crunching. And I felt like American werewolf in London. I was going to get jumped (laughs) by a werewolf in any moment or whatever. It was real sketchy. And I, I saw a lake, so I go down to it, and there's a boat unlocked. So the next night, we're all partying again, and I said, come on, let's go down this way. because of my bike, I found this boat, and now I'm bringing all these photographers and everybody in that's into bmx into this boat and we end up taking this boat out and cruising around a lake in the middle of two different countries it was so cool man it was like yeah it was sketchy
2: what i've noticed with uh dave Volker is like just a testament to your passion for bmx like i'm a lot younger than you i'm a kind of a different generation rider and i just see like you never question like the brakeless thing or the pegless thing or my seat super low like oh, you just like you just like embrace like you're just like dude this guy rips and i like just you embrace it and you're stoked like
1: and and that's the way freestyle started it was a family it didn't matter what you did if you sucked it didn't matter you were riding you know what i mean like it was a family Sorry about that. You know what I mean? So I know I throw them out a lot, but. <laughs> I can't even get into what I what I repeat all the time it drives me insane. But but, but yeah, I mean really it, it doesn't matter, dude. If you're if you're having fun on a bike, you're my friend. I like you. You're cool. Yeah. What did you say?
2: I like you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, I like you. <laughs>
0: Everybody's gonna be listening. they like, I don't even get this inside <laughs> joke. <laughs> oh man, this is awesome. I'm I'm psyched just to be sitting here bullshitting. So right on. Sorry, you got a little eighties hot eighties in ago. here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all right. We it's cooler than it is outside. So there you go. You're a half full kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> half full. Um. Th- through BMX, what's um. Uh, What's kind of the worst injuries you've had? I mean, either than your knee, which we... Uh...
1: My body, my skeleton was really good. I mean, I get a lot of torn ligaments and uh, stitches and that kind of stuff. But my body held up really well. The One of the most painful ones was a uh, the shoulder popped out at a Dave Mira skate park jam or whatever. And uh, I couldn't get it back in. The sports doctor was there. He couldn't get it back in. I go to the doctors and they couldn't get it back in. Finally, this nurse was like... I used to work at a uh, ski lodge, or a ski whatever, and I know how to do it, and he figured out how to do it. But that was the most painful, like, injury. It was three hours, no pain pills, nothing, just straight up out, muscles tight. Yeah, how'd, how'd, you pull, how'd you pull it and pop it out? It was simple, you know, you're cranking your balls off to go hit the quarter pipe and all of a sudden your chain breaks and you're sliding head first towards the rail and you move your head over and your shoulder goes boom, And just tore it out. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. pedaling my balls off, dude. I was hauling ass and it broke. Yeah, that was a rough one. Well, you, But yeah, I've had, you know, lots of like doing a school show, a bicycle safety show and I broke my ankle. It's pointing the wrong way. I bet you the kids love that one. Well, the it was funny because show. they didn't know. You know, I, I'm the one laying on the ground, and I look at the announcer, and I just did the whole cut, cut, cut the show up. <laughs> <laughs> my, my ankle's pointing that way. <laughs> it's not right.
0: Yeah, there's got to be some crazy things where people are coming to see the shows, and something bad
1: happens at a show. Oh, here you go. I, I do a red-eye flight to get back out on tour. You know, it was back in the 80s. And i land at, you know, 6 in the morning and go straight to a show area and warm up. And first air I do on the quarter pipe, I carve too far and I missed the, the ramp. I just oh, no, like went eight, straight eight, into the ground. An 8 by 8, yeah. eight foot wide? Eight foot wide, yeah. Oh. I just went straight into the ground I got on a plane and I flew home. <laughs> I just went there and I went home.
0: <laughs> you just flew there, just air, right into the ground? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, for how hard you rode back in the day, I mean, you're definitely known for always going higher and just jumping farther. Did you break lots of stuff? I mean, that's a topic I always think about because I know when I was younger, I broke lots of stuff, but I think it's just because me and my friends were ghetto and never had new bike parts, and you just pass stuff around. But I mean, bikes, you look at bikes back then, and you see a dude like Aaron, a vert ramp with mags with his wheels pumped up to 60 PSI, still doing 10 feet. You know, bikes are just... They were about the
1: and, and I was uh, that was my specialty. I never had a good bike growing up. Never. And I really expressed it kinda on purpose. Like, you don't need your fancy, you know, Hutch trick star or whatever. I was like, I I'll ride this old mongoose, I don't care, you know. Yeah and I had the biggest piece of crap bikes, but they did really well. Like they held up or whatever. So you didn't... I'd straighten out the forks by banging it into the ground or whatever, you know. But I mean, they were yeah. A bike's a bike. You don't need all that trick shit or whatever, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. You could be really poor and have fun.
0: What was your favorite bike? Like looking back, you know, everybody you people sometimes will have hundreds of bikes, but what's the bike that you had that you're like that bike? I had a lot of good a lot of fun on that or a lot of memories like you're like that's the bike that I was into
1: there was a, a cool looking bike that I had it was a dyno and it was orange with black parts and it was just like I think I remember that it one. it was a really bright and everybody was chrome back then and I was a guy that was riding colored bikes you know what I mean like yeah I was different so I, I really enjoyed that bike which is rare but I I grew up painting my bikes yellow and black and they were all badass, but they were all like the nickel-plated mongooses. Like, yeah, that's what I grew up on. Do you? Uh, did you enjoy riding
0: half pipes or quarter pipes more? I always look at. I your- hated half pipes because you're restricted.
1: Well, Jamie showed me that. You're not restricted if you Bestwick, a big giant. Yes. <laughs> if you could alley-oop for 40 sheets or whatever the hell he's doing, I'm just like, dude, that's <laughs> awesome. But I hated doing demos on half-pipes or riding half-pipes because it's back and forth. You I just don't like back and forth. How do you express yourself going back and forth? You gotta be gentle, do your style, so you can land smooth and go high on the next wall. Bullshit! I want to go fast <laughs> and I want to fly, dude. Yeah, growing
0: up, I always thought of you as like more of a quarter pipe guy. I remember seeing an interview with you, and I think freestyling. You just had some quarter pipe at the bottom of some dirt hill, and you're just like roasting <laughs> it. Like, and it just seemed like. Looking at some of the other pros who would have, like, you know, some crazy ramp setups, and yours are just out in a field, and you're just sessioning (laughs) it. I'm like, whoa, Dave Volker's just sessioning a quarter pipe, like, in some dirty field, like (laughs) me and my buddies do? And it was awesome, because I could relate to it so much. Like, I was like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, you're just boosting a quarter pipe out in some field, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: that's that's how I... Loved it, you know what I mean. Like, I, I really enjoyed riding by myself a lot because nobody was judging, you know. I was like, whatever, I I just liked being by myself and doing what I like to do. You know what I mean? A little dangerous, but
0: when, when you weren't riding by yourself and you're riding with people back then or even nowadays, who are some of the riders that you you know really enjoyed riding with or you felt really pushed you?
1: Um. Actually, it's funny because Dave Norrie was a big one. Him and I would do flatline tricks, and, you know, it was just riding, freestyle. You'd do whatever was available, and we would go out and uh, try, you know, hang fives and who could do them longer and that kind of stuff. So Dave and I kind of rode together a lot, which was really fun. But, you know, Pete, when I was growing up, Pete Augustine, he... uh He could do like a hundred front wheel hops. That was a big deal, (laughs) (laughs) but he could bunny hop really high. And, um, other than that, I mean, I really wasn't into magazines, like looking at them and that kind of stuff. I I just was always looking to be creative on my bike and, and jump. And I just, that's all I cared about. Yeah. Really, literally. That's what I wanted to do. And that's what I did. Uh, I
2: have a question.
0: Hit me
1: with the question. a question. Hit me with the question. So you,
2: you've, you've been through a lot of generations. You've been through BMX at high point, low point, back high point. Right now, I think it's a little... It's kind of, you know, it's in a weird place. Right? You as a rider seem like you have a lot of passion. It don't matter what the pay is, where you're at. You're just going to ride. Right now, it just kind of seems like a lot of riders, they might not have that passion. You know, this, this generation... How do
1: you feel about that? Uh, I I find it very interesting that you have parents that are pushing kids to become a superstar on a BMX bike because they like BMX when they were a kid or whatever, you know. Uh, It's awkward that somebody's going to judge me when I show up at a skate park and say, Oh, you you got four pegs, you're a flatlander. Are, are you serious? Like, you're going to judge me on that shit? I, I really get pissed off at that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. There, there's a lot of different attitudes and stuff that I, I feel uncomfortable to go ride a skate park because I'm going to be judged. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? You know? People yeah. need to just ride. And I hope. I think the I way hope people get out of it.
0: I think I the hope. way people get into writing nowadays is so much different than with social media and stuff, it's so much different than how we got into writing. You know, it's like Yes. Yeah. When you got into Oh his style's stupid. Well, I hate his it, style. It's just so things <laughs> are different. I mean he almost died. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just nowadays it's everything's so easily accessible. I know you know, when you were younger, just trying to even find a bike part sometimes was even finding out where you got a bike part. You're like, Oh, a bike shop would have this. Like, you know, so you, you, I sometimes feel your passion was built up just in the hunt to find more about BMX where BMX is. So if you want it nowadays, it's just at your fingertips. And that's not saying that there's not riders nowadays that don't have the same passion that we do, but it's so easily accessible. Like more kids, more people are out there riding. And I mean, I think I was talking about it earlier. I think sometimes with things being so easily accessible, it, sometimes creates a society of like posers where they're like, I know everything about this. And then you talk to them and you're like, you don't know anything
1: about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you got Thai spoke, so I don't even want to talk. To you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know anything about it. And I, I really been able to like, that was a hard part for me doing shows was the younger kids that I was doing shows with would be worried about what, the kids in the audience were thinking or whatever. I was like, dude, who cares? Like, let's just go do a show. Like, it doesn't matter, you know? Like, raise your seat up. Who cares? Like, don't be worried about that. Like, I don't...
0: It's tough. All right, let's 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 move off that topic. I got a good topic to bring up. Let's talk about foot plants. Let's
1: talk about that. Dude, I don't know how I did the splits, but it somehow it worked out. I, you know, like... I, I'm the stiff guy that can't touch his toes. Like, if I bend Like, you literally right, can't... Yeah, it's hard for me. I have to really try and try and so your try. Flexibility
2: is better mid foot plant on a ramp than it is. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't
1: ever stretch out or nothing. I would just like <laughs> go into a show cold, and I'd do like a foot plant, and then my body would stretch. And do you think that's one of the tricks you're always most known for? Is the is the foot plant? It definitely got me a lot of photos. I I wasn't ever really the photogenic, jetic, photogenic, photogenic guy. Like a, I. I my style was way better live than it was in photos. You know what I mean? With the foot plant not I'm
0: going to disagree with that one because, I mean, I, w- I always remember seeing photos and you just... You, when you see photos, you, you were always going higher than somebody. And, you know, you had almost... And maybe it's just the San Diego thing. Like, you know, Pete Augustine and you guys rode so much more powerful. It wasn't it like... Was aggressive. Fin- it wasn't a finesse style. Like, it was like, oh, these guys... Maybe there's some heavy metal going, and they're just pushing. <laughs> they're just pushing themselves, and it it was cool seeing that because that's something I always identified with. I, you know, like you'd see smooth ride. I mean, you'd see Brian and those uh, guys, and they're so smooth. Front wheel, and back wheel, clean. So you know, they're such finesse. But you know, I'd see you riding and it'd be like, you're like he is just trying to go higher, and, and that did that 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 did come through in pictures. Like you were, you could see that you're just a little more push on it you know and right on no, that's I, cool That's real so cool. i mean you know it wasn't yeah. just the fast plant that look good in the photos you know right on so no,
1: i did foot plants not oh it, yeah. we did talk about that <laughs>
0: craig campbell did fast plants you yeah. did foot plants yeah
1: absolutely no the, the foot plant thing was really popular when i was uh going to delmar skate park to watch a contest or whatever um there was a lot of people doing it. Hugo, you know Robert Peterson. There were a lot of dudes that were doing cool foot plants. but somehow I ended up like doing it a whole different way, and it just worked out. And I'm really happy that it it did. It's a very simple trick for me. I've barely crashed them, you know, over the years, but it's a very showy, fun. Interesting trick. It in
0: sure order. looks good in a photo.
1: There you go. it Looks great in a photo. Going back to you know, like Hugo
0: and stuff. Who were some of the dudes like when you were really young that you like saw at parks or around that you just like,
1: you know, that got you okay, excited? Well, yeah, I. You know, Tony Murray. I we rode from here, which is you know, twenty miles to the bike shop where he is going to do a show, and I didn't know him at the time, but. We were all going to go to this big BMX show, and we showed up, and I will never forget, he pedaled across the parking lot, hit the quarter pipe, and did like this one hand, one foot, just so badass and up high that I was like, wow, someday I hope to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, that guy was smooth and going high and all
0: It's Tony Murray from, he's from the nasty
1: area, is yes, he? Yes, he
0: grew up in a hill just south of here so he's kind of was one of the first dudes like in like
1: first big time pro dudes from this area absolutely and my best friend that i rode with every day ended up becoming good friends with him and tony was giving him all these parts and stuff and i was this poor kid breaking (laughs) all my shit and like trying to get my bike to work and all that and ended up my best friend ended up on a cover because of tony murray who was your best friend tony adams okay yeah unfortunately he went down a bad path you know but the, the house that he lived in was where the ramps were that I grew up riding. Like, they were famous. Tony Adams' house, yeah. Yeah. It, it was the ramps, and people still talk about them all the time. Yeah. Half pipe, quarter pipe connected to the half pipe. You know what I mean? A big long wall on one side, and uh, a quarter pipe that I rode every day. And I rode it so much that there was a trench going to it. You know what I mean? Like the dirt had got pushed out, and there was a trench.
3: Shirt.
1: Um, so I got a couple questions here from from Instagram.
0: I always, you know, post up if people want to know questions. So we kind of just do like a little rapid fire, or whatever. Cool. Um, Steve Woodward, you know Steve Woodward? Love that guy. He wants to know what's your craziest Steve Woodward story.
1: Is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just gonna generalize that and say he's a an amazing rider, a super mellow, cool cat, that all of a sudden he'll get on his bike and do things that I had no clue he was capable of doing. An amazing rider. Just no, a funny. great guy.
0: Steve's just feeling himself on Instagram today. <laughs> <laughs> uh Chris FYB, and this, here's one. He
1: said, who had the best hair in the 80s? Oh, Dominguez, dude. He ran that big old poofy thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh Oh, man man.
0: that's great uh he said here's some uh german neves or something um he said you are pretty much Dino back in the day but did you ever want to ride for gt or did you want to be more on the gt team than Dino?"
1: i actually always wanted to be on haro and i had opportunities to go but i did not i stuck with you know who was providing for me and it worked out but um GT was definitely the goal. GT was huge.
0: Do you always feel like Dino was second class to GT? I, absolutely. I see. Looking at that, growing up, I always liked. I love Josh White, but that's just the Oregon connection. And, and Josh was sick. But I always liked the Dino more because I felt like the dudes on Dino. You know, everybody in GT was a little more clean cut, but I felt like the dudes on Dino just a little more raw, and I like connected with them more. So, growing up, I always wanted a Dino more. Like, I was like, oh, can you give me that Pro Comp. My buddy had a detour, and I was like, you know, and you'd see that they looked a little, and the dynos looked a little more simpler than the GT frames, you know. But yeah,
1: that's just no, that just, that's cool, that's interesting. Yeah, I just to hear always I, I always grew up knowing that GT was the big name, you know what I mean? Like that was a I, I big don't. Know, what do you deal. think, Paul? Did was you
3: dino kind of like a touring team for GT? Is that how that sort of split up?
1: Well, uh, it was an amazing, like, brilliant idea. They were just. Having these companies competing against themselves. So they're just making more money. Every power light, Robinson, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, wow, those guys, they were geniuses, you know? Um, it felt to me like Dino wasn't anything compared to GT. But GT see, I, was. I, I, a to me, it crowd. seemed
3: like you and Brett and Dino it was just a tighter team. It seemed to mesh well. It seemed like a good mix. Yeah, yeah. Right the on. bikes were rad. The jerseys were rad. The graphics you guys had all, were cool. The
0: soft goods were better. You had the shoes. The, shoes,
3: and the, the art, the art
1: guys got to experiment with that. Yes, that you're it? right. You know so what I, I felt mean? feel
3: like the graphics on Dino were just as ah. good, if not better, than the, the GT. Right on. Yeah. 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 The,
2: the question I got.
3: This is a good question. So last night we had a little
2: bit of a disagreement. My buddy Ben here said that he, uh, didn't Volker kind of like mentor Mike Parenti? Wasn't he like a troubled youth? What is the story with Mike Parenti?
1: Uh, He wasn't a troubled youth. He was definitely uh, just a kid that ripped in a town up in the hills of San Diego. I lived up there for one year. And when I was there, he uh, was good as a really young kid, but... When we were riding together and stuff, he was learning fast, and he had so much potential, and he just took off. So I ended up saying, "You know what? We need you. You got the right attitude. You're very mature for your age." And I ended up getting him sponsored by GT, and we uh, started touring together before he was out of high school. And you guys are still buds to this day. Absolutely, awesome.
0: I didn't see your
2: last
0: the other night, dude. Uh. This guy BMXing since '84 wants to know who your all-time favorite rider is. Ooh, come on, it's Matt. Matt, by far. How was it just being a, seeing Matt come into his own back
1: then? Uh, it was scary. We we were going, <laughs> either either he's gonna be the best or he's gonna die. Like there was no. And you're in being between. serious about that, right? There was no in between. Yeah, he was gonna either. What? Yeah, there I... was. <laughs> it was amazing, dude. We were scared. The thing that made me. Dude, he was obviously going to be the best.
0: There was no doubt about it. I always remember the footage from when he hit the high air at the Oklahoma contest. Oh my God, And I'm, I think Chris Rye had footage of you guys on the deck. Yeah, like, was,
3: I was there. He um,
0: was there. And he roasts, the, he roasts the quarter and it's you and Dave Mira on the deck.
1: Is that who climbed up the back with me? Yeah, I was wondering. It, it, I, was, oh, I went up the back with somebody and we watched him It was, it was you and couple. Mira
0: and he roasts the air and you're like, I'm done with this. I'm out. This is too crazy for me. And I remember hearing you say this, and I'm like, "Damn, Volker saying this? Like, dude. I was like, Matt must
1: be out of his damn mind." He if Volker really and was <laughs> yes, insane. I'm like, "If Volker and Mira, I didn't even try." Like, that's how scary it was. I stuck my feet over the edge of that ramp, and I was so like, nothing. Dude, I would when never. When you saw do that this. ramp, there was
0: nothing in part. Of, you know where you're like, there's a big quarter pipe. There's have no- fun, Matt. You did nothing, and you wanted to go, go hit ahead, that thing. Matt.
1: Enjoy yourself. I ain't going to do that. I pedaled my balls off and I got to the coping and I was like, whoa, I don't need that in my life. Yeah, I just, you know, I was like,
0: oh, Mira and Volker losing their mind over this. I'm like, this has to even be crazier than I even think it is right now, Dude. you know?
1: It, it was real.
0: What, it was, when you rolled up to that, con- I mean that's such a pivotal time. When you rolled up that contest, saw that. Did you even know that ramp was going to be there? No. What, when you saw, did you think it was a joke or what? What were your thoughts on <laughs> that?
1: I, I realized that Matt is just insane at that point in time. Like he just he became like so far up on this pedestal compared to the whole industry. Like nobody could even come close to that guy. Like that's so far beyond anything. It was amazing. Yeah. stupid. Uh, here,
0: here's another one. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Aaron La- Lactate. I don't even know. Lactate. Lactate. <laughs> uh, he wants to know, what did you think of the bendy dino forks, and did you destroy them often?
1: Well, yeah, funny story. I'd be riding street contest or whatever, and I'd have to stop in my run, bend my forks back straight. So finally my buddy uh ended up making me or actually GT made me some uh thicker, heavier, stronger forks, so I didn't oh, really? have to run the butter forks. So and they that was like with the, the Dino Ben forks? Yeah, they were oh. exactly the same. Yeah. My oh. buddy painted them.
0: Well that yeah. I don't know, Paul, you got any, you got anything you wanna put in?
1: Uh, He's just hungry He wants some black beans. He wants some black <laughs> some
0: some Oregon black beans. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think, I think. Sorry, I had to run with it. <laughs> no, that was hilarious, and no one's no one's gonna even know what we're talking about. We're having burrito wars here. <laughs> All right, cool, Dave. Thank you yeah, so much, man. I appreciate thank it. You,
2: thank you. Exactly. All right. We're hold
0: on. We're, we're we're keeping going. Cole had a question for his dad.
2: Uh, um. What was that? See, it's hard. That? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you said um, you had a, a kid came
1: up to your dad and said what?
3: Uh, like, I don't know. I. Th- well, really, tell
1: the story. I've told it to you. No, I
3: don't know it. That's why. So, I, so
1: I'm fishing the Santee Lakes, and this is before I'm sponsored or anything. And there's some trees behind me, and some dirt jumps behind that. And these kids are riding the jumps, and one of them's going, "Oh, look! I'm Dave Volker, tabletop," and he was pretending to be me. And this, I was dumbfounded. Like, wow, that's like me wanting to be evil Knievel. This kid wanted to be me. Yeah. Before I was sponsored or nothing, I was going, wow, that's really cool. Like, so the other thing was I'm in Bercy Stadium, and it was me and Rick Molinterno. We were doing this halftime BMX race show type of thing, and it's spotlights on me. I do this stupid flyout, you know, pretend I'm crashing, but I land on the top Volker flyout. The, the Volker, Volker flyout. Fly <laughs> so I land on top of the ramp, and I raise my arm, and the stadium erupted. There was like twenty thousand people in there, and they got so loud that I actually got scared. I was brand new to the <laughs> sport. I didn't know what I was. Just like I couldn't see him or nothing, but it got so loud, I just got nervous, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> that's
0: but that's awesome. it.
1: That's my two like. Well, Uh, since
0: Cole's sitting here, how is it? How's it feel nowadays? Like, just going out in the front yard and just hanging out and watching, you know, your boy just go and roast airs on the quarter pipe. I mean,
1: yeah, that it's awesome that he's really into the same type of things that I'm into. You know what I mean? Like, he'll take off and just go ride all day. Like, wow, that's exactly the way I was. Uh, But he just made me nervous for the first time. Like, he he's very good at everything, but he he. Just started taking these really high risk chances and going really high, and he could really get hurt. And now I'm a little nervous.
3: <laughs> Cole, growing up, him. did you
0: look up to your dad a bunch, just watching him, watching him roast things?
2: Yeah, yeah, I be just like
0: him.
1: No, but everybody else was badass, and his dad is his dad. You know? No, I mean? yeah, that's how I, it always I, is. People tell me how awesome my dad is. I'm like,
0: my dad, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? But. It's funny, uh, he would be like, oh, man, everybody loves Blyther or whatever, you know? <laughs> Too bad you're not like that, Dad. <laughs> Damn. I don't know how to explain yeah. That,
0: but yeah. All right, cool, well, right thanks. Thanks, man. know like all of us you guys are always on youtube watching videos just hanging out um so if you haven't already go subscribe to dig bmx and snakebite bmx on there there's lots of bmx content and just you know lots of videos probably some of those you've seen some that you haven't so go 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 and subscribe um and yeah thanks for listening guys and until next time